Studios. This, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now! Howdy, friends! Uh... We are doing this podcast for you today, and this will be the last one of the week. But boy, oh boy, do we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah, we'll just give you a little inside. We are, after this podcast, heading up to Deerhurst, and we're going to be broadcasting our morning show from Deerhurst tomorrow, meaning we can't do a pod. Uh, but it is going to be fun. You can listen to us on Energy 95.3 or 91.5 The Beat in the morning, and you can hear all the excitement from Deerhurst. We're uh, going up there with some old friends of ours. Tucker and Mora are going to be yeah, there. Yeah, that's right. Matt and Tara from it, Fresh and Berry are going to be there. It's six morning shows, technically seven with us, or is it six total with us? I think it's six two. with us. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Brent and Lisa from Magic 106 yes. are going to be there. Lots of fun. Um, do you want to start off with Harry and Megan? Do you want to save Harry and Megan? You tell me oh, how boy. you want to do it because I'm so ready to scream bullshit at the top of my lungs. It's ama- There's a lot of people that, that do want to do that. Let's start with Harry and Megan. So they said this week, and the, the interesting part to me is it wasn't until Harry's rep issued a statement that we heard about this. Because apparently this happened on Tuesday night. Yeah. So it's been, it's, it's been a while, but Harry's rep came out with a statement saying that Harry and Megan were basically, uh, at, their lives were at risk with a car chase that happened in New York City. So Megan got an award in New York City. Went to the event for it. They had an entourage with them in terms of security, et cetera, a whole fleet of cars. I couldn't tell you how many. But they got into a car, and that's when they say things were crazy. Paparazzi was following them. Um, They were scared. Uh, And then there's conflicting reports, though, because now we're hearing that, okay, that that statement came out from from Harry's rep, but then the photography company said that they looked at everything because they want to make sure everyone's being safe, and they were going to reprimand whoever was not safe. And... And they say that wasn't really the case. Everyone was abiding by the usual rules. They were not following too closely. In fact, they claim one of Harry's vehicles, not necessarily that they were in, just part of their entourage, drove up on a sidewalk at one point to try to protect the vehicle and even got pulled over by the cops. Now, the the New York Police Department, I... I don't believe they've that they've issued a statement unless I'm incorrect at this time. I watched the uh, news conference from the chief of police. Okay, of New so York the chief yesterday. of police did. So I know that they're saying that we need to be careful in the city and stuff like that. But we still haven't seen footage of this, right? No, no, not as far as I can tell. Unless somebody's got some video that hasn't gone viral yet. When it comes to Harry and Meghan, I I think if you're a longtime listener of the pod, you know that I was fully supportive of of them. Uh, until they said they wanted out and they were going to move to L.A. And then I got a little worried for Harry because I wasn't 100% sure if this was all his doing. And and now we're in a position where they've lost a lot of favor. I think they thought when they put out the book and did the, the interviews that it, it had the potential to sink the monarchy. And nothing even close to that happened. In fact, there's a lot of people who don't even like Harry and Meghan anymore because they think they're acting very inappropriately. When it comes to this, I think that's the best example of it. There was no relentless pursuit, and I think most people instantly raised an eyebrow when they heard this alleged incident incident happened in Manhattan. If you've ever driven in Manhattan, you know. You're not going on a high-speed pursuit through the streets of Manhattan. Doesn't matter if it's 10 o'clock at night. It's gridlocked basically 24-7 there. They weren't driving around for two hours and and getting all reckless and stuff (laughs) trying to flee the paparazzi. The reality here, nearest I can tell, is that they went to an event. There was photographers there who wanted pictures of Harry and Meghan. They took what they could take, and then they got in a car, and they followed behind them. They didn't follow them. There was no pursuit. It was just paparazzi looking to do their job and get photos. Harry and Meghan 
saw this situation and either saw an opportunity to exploit it for another woe is me moment, or they saw it and they legitimately did feel in danger, which is totally unreasonable considering there was no danger. The cops have said it. The mayor has said it. Everybody has said it. Doesn't appear that this is the way it happened. The cab driver that had Harry and Meghan in the cab said this seems a little yeah. overblown. It wasn't like that. Well, see, what and what happened was, so Harry and Meghan weren't in a cab from the beginning. They were in another car, whatever. And then they wanted to kind of uh, get rid of the paparazzi. So they whisked them into a cab. And the cab driver is actually telling the story about it and says that, it was kind of a crazy situation because he pulled up to this place and suddenly they were shuffled into his car and he's like, okay, hi. Like, this is a random and they seemed very scared. But from what he could tell, there was a car following them, but following them not that closely. And he really said, like, I don't, I think it was kind of when I saw them anyway, he said it was kind of like overblown a little bit because it, it nobody was nobody was rushing up my butt like yeah. it was okay they followed but at a safe distance etc now that was his account he said they paid him well which i imagine that they did which is great good but they were scared and maybe the truth is scott they could have been scared maybe they, they were they absolutely like let's be fair here because your feelings are your own feelings and they could have felt those fears and i think that yes because i know a lot of people have this in the back of their mind this stems from maybe a bit of trauma knowing that what happened to his mother, right? And and now we have a car on our butts and a car on our side and and it's kind of scary and a little traumatizing for them. But we can't take that away from them. If that's the way they felt, even though it was probably not that unsafe of a situation and everything ended up being fine as we know and no charges were laid, which is the other interesting fact of this story. Nobody even broke the law. Uh, apparently one of Harry's vehicles, again, were pulled over. But again, I don't even think that they were charged. Uh, nobody was charged here from what we could tell. Should paparazzi back off a bit? I mean, I don't know. That's a question for maybe another day. But when you go to these events as Harry and Meghan, and I don't care if you're friggin' at the Lakers game, which she was, by the way, like a month ago, sitting courtside, or you're at a charity event, you're in public, there's going to be people who are trying to take your photo. So I don't know what the answer is because I've never been in that position where I've been chased and felt scared. Uh, but there's got to be an answer here for them because if they want this, if they want the spotlight, which is what they want, you have to figure something out because if they really did do that safely, the paparazzi, maybe you got to give them a little bit of something. Maybe if they had, and I'm not saying they didn't get anything wrong, Harry and Megan, if they want to go and they don't want to take photos, they're allowed to do that. But maybe, and I know some celebrities do this when they're being hounded, Stop for a sec, take a couple photos as a couple, wave to the camera, and then I swear those paparazzi will probably not follow you. No, they'll leave you alone. They'll after leave that. you alone. So I think it was probably a mix of they were like, well, fuck these people. And then, and then like it, it got a little heated in their mind. It was a lot of trauma of like, and a lot of stress and anxiety in the paparazzi's mind. They're just like, I'm just trying to get a picture. I'm just trying to get a clear picture. Now, I'm not saying that they didn't do anything wrong. I think paparazzi, like most of the time, are probably scum. Like, I think they probably are. I mean, that's what they do for a living is try to take photos of people and make money. That's cool if that's the way you want to make your living. But you probably come off as a little annoying to those celebrities. I think we can all understand that. Nobody wants to be followed. But don't they have to figure out what they want to do with yes. this? You, you want the fame, but you don't want the photos. You're absolutely right. Harry and Meghan need to decide what they want. And, and it was Harry and Meghan's team that leaked this to the media because there was no crime here. There was no public safety alert or anything like that. They leaked it because they saw an opportunity to draw comparisons to what happened to Princess Diana. That is not a comparable situation. Princess Diana was killed in a car crash involving a drunk driver. That's how that happened. Yes, paparazzi were chasing them, but 
it wasn't apples to apples, if that's what they were going for. I do have a feeling it was a bit of a woe is me moment. I think they're still trying to figure out how to get back the magic they had when they first got married before they started pissing everybody off, particularly in the UK. And, and in this case, if they really did feel scared, I think that's an irrational fear. If they were annoyed, I totally understand it. I get it 100%. But so far, nobody's done anything wrong here. Mm-hmm. And, and until somebody produces some video that shows otherwise, it appears this is really just a massive exaggeration, probably for sympathy. But you said trauma, and you're probably right, Kat. I have no doubt that Harry is still somewhat traumatized by the death of his mother. Of course. How could you not be? Like, that's absolutely true. Megan is all in on that. She wants to be part of the solution there. And, and if they saw an opportunity to draw a comparison to Diana there, okay. All right, I guess they can, but I I think most people are skeptical, and I don't think they did themselves any favors by racing to the media and putting out statements and and claiming that they're being victimized here because I really don't see how they were victimized. If they want to live that that quiet life away from the spotlight and away from the cameras, they got to go away. They got to go away for a while. Lay low. You know what? If you want to get from one place to another in Manhattan, there's one way to do it privately helicopter. People do it all the time. There was no reason you needed to be in a New York City cab yesterday or having that big motorcade flying through the city. Didn't need to happen that way. If privacy is what you want, then go private. Just stop being out there. Stop letting people know where you're going to be. Stuff like that. So I think it was a big exaggeration, but of course, there's others who feel that this is just another example of the scummy paparazzi that killed Diana trying to kill Harry. If that's the way you see this situation, then that's up to you, I guess. But Harry and Megan, I would advise you guys to figure out your priorities. And if you really want privacy, then get it. Yeah, and I think they can do that. Yeah, living in the center of Hollywood's not a great idea either. All right, let's move on to something else that doesn't involve former somewhat part-time royals. <laughs> um, how are you, by the way? Great. I'm excited to head on up to Muskoka after this. Yeah, me too. Uh, When you were younger, I think you're about the age when this term kind of got coined. Did you ever have swamp water? Mm -mm. So I know what you're talking about, but I called it a T-Rex. A T-Rex. Yeah, Ah, we called it a T-Rex. I don't know why. Like, I I don't know why they named it the things that they named it. But yes, I know exactly. But when you say swamp water, I know what you're talking about. Whether you call it swamp water or a graveyard, a suicide, that's when you take all of the different fountain drinks and mix them all into one cup. You got a little bit of Sprite. You got a little bit of Diet Pepsi. You got a little bit of root beer. You've got some... Some Fanta, <laughs> you got all kinds of shit in this cup. Honestly, a little bit of everything. A little barks, a little sp- add a little spice to that. Craft mm. <laughs> Heinz has introduced a new machine that is very reminiscent of the fountain drink that'll let you create your own special sauce blend. Ooh, sauce blend. These things could pop up at restaurants, in cafeterias. They're saying they're going to be in all of the big stadiums, and you'll be able to do Exactly what you can do with fountain drinks. Mix your own sauce. They say it starts off with a base, which includes either ketchup, ranch, barbecue sauce, or 57 sauce. They still got 57 sauce, eh? Is that steak sauce? I think it's I'm their version of steak sauce, but what that even is. Can I tell you I don't understand people that put sauce on a steak anyway? But wait a minute. Okay, so 57 sauce is Heinz. 
Mm-hmm. Doesn't Heinz have their own steak sauce or is that their steak sauce? I believe that's their okay, steak okay. sauce. Okay, okay. So Heinz 57 steak sauce. Okay. Yeah. HP A1. I don't get right. why you'd put that. Unless you're at like a breakfast diner and you've just ordered a $2 steak. I don't know why you would put sauce on it. I but agree with you. It's not a good steak if you have to. There, I said it. Then you add in your flavor enhancers. And there's everything from buffalo to mango, jalapeno, smoky chipotle. Oh. You can choose more than one. And they can be added at low, medium, or high intensities. The machine is called the Heinz Remix. Oh, fun. They've built the prototype. They say it will go into mass production, and then you'll start seeing it in restaurants and in stadiums later on this year. I think that's neat. Okay, you can create your own sauce, and I decided I'm going to start a my own ranch sauce, and I'm going to add in some buffalo and maybe some, some mango and smoky chipotle. Sounds great. But is it great? If you got served that in a restaurant, would you ask for the chef to come out of the kitchen so you can shake their hand? Is, I don't know that you would because so, it's probably not good. Okay, so we're supposed to be doing this in public, right? Yes. Like, it's not like we take this home with us and this is our machine at home. No, it's just like the machines at like McDonald's, for example, and we, or Popeye's. We're walking up to the machine and, 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 and mixing this ourselves. Yep. You say, I want a little bit of this in there and I want a little bit of that yeah. in there. And- yeah. Um... I don't know. It sounds weird, but I know a lot of people that mix their sauces. Like yep. I know a lot of people that do the mayo chup thing on their own. They put the mayo and the ketchup together. Or I know some people who do like relish with mayonnaise and that's tartar sauce basically, but all kinds of different things. So is this not just kind of an easier way for those people to get to just eat what they like? I'm really into mixing ranch and buffalo, like hot buffalo oh, sauce okay. with ranch dressing. Sure. Don't hate that. Real great combo. Yeah. Listen, I, I get that people like to be able to have choices and things like that, but I'm just going to put this out there. We, and I mean all of us, can't have this machine because of swamp water is a great example of how we all make poor choices. We make poor choices. Let me give you an example. You go to, uh, I don't know, frozen yogurt place. Oh, there's frozen yogurt. I, oh, and I can add my own toppings. You put way too many fucking toppings on that. <laughs> Next thing you know, they put it on the scale. They're like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it's and bad I mean, when they give you a look like, mm, really? You know? And I Are mean, you sure about that? <laughs> in no other circumstance would you eat frozen yogurt with, with some walnuts. And some gummy worms. And gummy worms. <laughs> and crumbled up Oreo. It's true. And a fucking slice of apple on it. You just wouldn't do that. But when it's all there and you've got these choices, your head starts spinning and you think, oh, I'm going to do this. And it's an irresponsible thing to do. If you're putting all those toppings on your frozen yogurt, you clearly should not be entrusted with the responsibility of making your own dessert. Somebody else should do it for you because you're just not good at it. Or we just go make your own everything from now on. Sure. Or fuck it. Let's piece together all our things all the time. They just don't want to do any work anymore. They just want us to go up to a machine and do it. Centuries. (laughs) Centuries of fine cuisine perfecting all thrown out the window. Everything our great chefs have created and discovered over the years doesn't matter. We're going to let fucking Jim in Iowa yeah. make his own sauce. And I don't think that's a smart choice. That's true. I never thought about this, the chefs in this scenario. I'm going to use air quotes, I guess. But there are, you know, there are people who are the heads of the kitchen in all kinds of different restaurants that this may be at. And I wonder if they're thinking, well, they're like frying up a, a steak or maybe they're doing the stuffed potato special appetizer going... Some asshole's going to dip this in, in a mustard and freaking sweet sauce weird dip that they created and screw this all up anyway. I know. It's 
Like I said, we're just not responsible to make our own choices. We just need to accept that. We have the Mandarin. What are people doing? They're creating plates that have got fucking chicken balls, a slice of pizza, prime rib, and two different kinds of potato on it. Yeah, it's great. It's not a it's meal. Great. It's just a mess. You just made a mess. It's fascinating. Although I will say this is smart of Heinz, though, because all that's all their product that'll be going into there, and then they have to refill it. So it's like they're constantly buying the product. I see what they did, and I see why they did it. I don't blame Heinz for it. I just blame people. As we record here, the announcement has not come down yet, but yesterday, senior Ontario government sources leaked to the media that Ontario is about to change the law. They're going to dissolve the region of Peel. Hmm. The municipalities of Mississauga and Brampton will become independent. The source did not say what would happen to Caledon. Do you remember, it was probably about two and a half, three years ago, we had a conversation, it was in the height of COVID, and we were talking about how some regions had really cool chief medical officers, other regions had these real pricks that wanted to shut everything down and, right. and lock everybody up. Yeah. And, and I said, when all this is over, we need to have a conversation about redrawing the boundaries for some of these things because some of them don't make any sense. And some yes. of the regions in Ontario don't make sense. They don't. We've we got, all know it. <laughs> we've got Orangeville lumped in with Guelph and Wellington, but then you've got Caledon just south of Orangeville, like they touch each other, that's lumped in with Mississauga and Brampton. It doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. So I would think that probably Caledon is going to join Dufferin or Wellington, Dufferin, Guelph, or they're going to join York Region. Either way, not really a big enough town to be self-sufficient. But Mississauga and Brampton, we're talking cities that are huge. among the, the top 10 in the country. They're huge. You know, like almost a million population. Yeah, it makes sense. Why are they tied? Why on earth would Bonnie Crombie have to check with Patrick Brown and whoever the mayor of Caledon is to ask if they can change the, the logo on the police uniform? It doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. If you're a city that big and you have that much responsibility as a mayor or counselor, you need the flexibility to make decisions and not be overruled by a higher power. It's also a waste of money. I think that when, you, unless it's a collection of small towns, a regional government does kind of make sense. sense. One spot for this, one spot for that, as opposed to having like 15 in that small area. I totally agree with you. Mississauga and Brampton have got full councils. They've got great, well-qualified mm -hmm. mayors in Patrick Brown and Bonnie Crombie. It doesn't make any sense that there would be an added layer of government above it. Let them be their own city. But the problem is, it's a divorce, and I think we kind of got to think of it like a divorce here. What happens in a divorce? You got to separate stuff. Yeah. Well, they built all of the Peel infrastructure under the guise of Peel region, but now there won't be a Peel region. So what do we do with things like, uh, I believe it was Patrick Brown. Maybe I'll even get him on next week. We'll see. He's a great guest. Uh, the water treatment plant. Well, right. What that, do we do there? It's for Peel region, but it's in Mississauga. What about police headquarters? What about the police themselves? Right now, they're the Peel Regional Police. Are we going to have the Mississauga Police Force yeah. and the Brampton Police Force? I mean, Force? I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense. We don't need to cross border. Like, we don't need to do any cross border, right? I mean, if, you're, if you want to be that, that's an easier one. You talk about water, uh, that's a harder one, I think. The easier one is to create a new police headquarters in, so where is it now, Mississauga? It's in Mississauga. So you create one in Brampton, and it's going to be the Brampton Police and the Mississauga Police. I think that that makes probably, makes sense. But where does it come from in the budget is probably a question, right? Because now you're going, okay, so wait, so Brampton has to pay for this, but we paid half of what's Mississauga's technically, or, or around that amount of money, I assume. Right. So it's kind of awkward in that way. Like, where do we pull the money from? Or does Ontario step in and say, no, fuck it, guys, don't worry, we got it. We're going to build you a brand new police headquarters. You are Brampton Police now. 
Yeah, and the, you are Mississauga police now. Or maybe this is the time where they just break off and just have the OPP do the policing for Mississauga and for Brampton. And something like that may even happen. I don't know. I, don't know. I happen to love Chief Nish and, and the Peel Police Force. I think they do a great job overall. And uh, it's kind of a shame that they might get broken up. Or maybe they'll just keep doing what they're doing. Maybe instead know. of answering to council in the regional level, they'll just answer individually to the council in Mississauga and Brampton. What I think is interesting about this is this would be kind of a test to see how it goes because as we look at this I think we can all recognize and realize in Ontario and otherwise places that we could do similar or opposite and and I'm looking at Waterloo Region specifically Waterloo Region is where I live it is so weird to me that a regional council can say this but that city council on an issue that's for that city whether it be Waterloo Cambridge or Kitchener can't have what they want, even though they want it because regional council, like that whole thing weirds me out. So there's one of two things I think should happen with that, with the region is either separate completely and go your separate ways and scrap the region or amalgamate already. Amalgamate into one city. Amalgamate already. Listen, I, uh, I don't really weigh in on this because it's a very sensitive subject on one of our stations, but in the pod, I'll just say it. It's time to amalgamate. We don't need to have a regional council that oversees the individual councils in Cambridge, Kitchener, Mm. Woolwich, blah, blah, blah. It should just be Kitchener and the greater Kitchener area. Just like Toronto is set up, Toronto's the center, and you got Mississauga, Brampton, York Region, all those places around it. It would be the same thing. You've got Kitchener and then Cambridge, Waterloo, Wilmot, the list goes on, uh, Woolwich. All those would be on the outside as part of the greater area, but they would have their own council to manage that. Or we just have Kitchener Council look after it. Just amalgamate it, one council for the entire region. Well, that's you know what? add a couple councillors for sure. You're going to have to. Well, most but... of the people that are on council now are complete dipshits anyway. Like, they're not smart people. So if we get rid of a few of the, some of the dead weight, and we have one council that can make decisions that apply for the entire area, wouldn't that make more sense? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, yes, I, I do. I know there's a lot of details to it, much like there is as we talk about Peel or the lack there of Peel anymore. But I think it just money wise, it makes sense too. you look at you look at things that have been done the last many, many years. And there's a lot of different um, ways to look at this. But when I look at it, I look at money, too. Yeah, it costs a lot of money to have these councils individually through city, like you mentioned, Waterloo, Kitchener, Cambridge and a regional council on top of that. You literally could shave off millions and millions through the course of several years. Yes, you, you could. really can. So if, if, if we're trying to save money, th- that's something we, that we should look at. Like that to, to me is a no brainer. It seems like we're walking on eggshells because we're afraid of the sensitive people that are going to obviously be upset with this. Some people just hate change. They hate change. Okay. But one thing that about amalgamation is, so I love what Peel is doing. Just plain dissolve the region. You guys are your own cities and go from there. But sometimes amalgamation Costs people too much money. I still remember when they amalgamated Hamilton and they brought places like Carlisle into Hamilton. Well, people in Carlisle got screwed. They, being rural properties, all had like an acre or plus. But when they got amalgamated with Hamilton, Hamilton already had their own tax rate, which they were not going to change. And most people have those downtown war style postage stamp size lots 
the people in Carlisle, their taxes went through the roof because they had like oh, five times shoot. more property than everybody else. Yeah, there are a lot of little things you don't think of and you do have to sort through, right? So any amalgamation has to be thought through and it has to be made fair for everybody. But that's not a, an exercise that we shouldn't do just because it's hard. It's an exercise that we should do. Do the hard work and let's make it make sense for everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So fully in favor of what uh, they're doing in Peel. Some regions should be amalgamated. Some of them should be demalgamated. And let's just go from there and try and get everybody where they're supposed to be. Let's talk about this flight uh, issue. Oh, no. WestJet is on our (laughs) mind. WestJet and Swoop. For those who don't know, it's basically the same company. Swoop is a subsidiary of WestJet. We're learning a little more now, and it's slightly changed my perspective on this situation. Apparently, the last offer that WestJet made to the pilots union was by the time the contract is reaching maturity, so say three years, the salary of a full-time pilot will be over $300,000 a year. They're making like doctor money. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a problem with that. These people... No, they have an important job. They have an important job and their schedule... I know I can't do it if you stick me in the cockpit. I'll tell you that much right now. Their schedule is anything but traditional. And and, and there's more that comes with that too. They get per diems and they get their hotels paid for and some of their meals covered and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, it actually works out in value to more than $300,000 plus perks. But uh, I, I have... I don't understand how if WestJet offered them $300,000 by the maturity of the contract, how they can still be that far apart. How much is the union asking for to be a pilot? Because I didn't know they were making surgeon money. I know that some, I mean, when you say full time, their, their schedules are so all over the place too. So maybe it depends on on that, on the schedule. I know some pilots that have it like made in the shade. They're well qualified. They're doing what they're doing. They're doing day flights. And it's like, good for you. Just doing day flights every day, five days a week. That's it. You know, there's some that are doing that. When it comes to swoop, maybe that's the case for some of them. Because I know a lot of them are like the regular Edmonton on Tuesday. And then you got like, whatever, Vancouver on this day. And then you're over in whatever, St. John's that day. But I think that they're, they should, I mean, I don't know. I don't know enough about it, honestly, how much they get paid now. I think it probably differs depending on what they're flying, right? Yeah, And how does. long their flights are. And- it does. And I mean, long haul flights, and if you're on that schedule, it would obviously come at a higher rate. If you're just doing the local Toronto to Ottawa back and forth three times and your day is done, that might come at a little less. It has to do with the size of the plane, whether it's one aisle or two aisles down the plane. Mm-hmm. That's how they decide which pilot falls into which category. I, I just think that that's an awful lot of money for them to be that far apart. Seems like a decent initial offer, something that they can work with. 300K, we can start there and go from there. It doesn't seem like enough to ground the entire fleet and inconvenience half the flying country. Did they say specifically it was just salary or there are there other things that are missing here? Well, they want job protections. That I don't understand because a lot of people have left. I would think they were like begging to keep every pilot they've got there. Yeah. I don't think they need to worry about being laid off or anything in the short term. And uh, a, a few other little things, but I, salary is what makes the world go round. That's the number one thing for everybody right now. So I tend to think that this is a solvable situation. I just really don't know where they go from there. If the airline offered 300 k and the pilots say, no, we're way far apart. 
How much were they asking for? I don't know the answer to that, but it, it does seem pretty substantial. If there's anyone on the inside that knows something, feel free to DM us anonymously. And seriously. I'm curious. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. And seriously reconsider this going out on strike right before the long weekend. I get that you want to put pressure on the airline and it'll be highly embarrassing for them if they have to cancel everybody's flight and refund everybody's money and all that shit. But it's not going to break them. It's really just going to piss everybody else off. I mean, decisions like that, whether you blame the pilots or you blame the airline, people are just going to choose Air Canada next time. That's what they're going to do because they don't want the inconsistency or unreliability that tends to come by association from these strikes. Got a wild story from just outside of Kingston here. Police say human remains found in a sunken vehicle in Lake Ontario belong to a man that was reported missing 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. OPP, this is the wildest part. Yeah, this is a crazy story. OPP divers back in January had gone into the lake to recover a different vehicle that went into the water. That's when they just happened to discover this vehicle in the water. How many cars are in the water Mm -hmm. off Kingston in Lake Ontario? It makes you wonder what is in Lake Ontario, period. Like, there's, uh, for sure. I think if we drained it and just walked around. It'd be fascinating, right? fascinating at the shit you'd find in the lake. There's probably bodies in there. There has to be. I I watched this really cool documentary. It was not in Ontario, though. It was uh, in a state, and I'm not sure where. Um, But this guy just basically took it upon himself. He had the technology to look underwater. It's essentially like a... You know, like a fish finder? Yeah. But you can find anything. It's essentially like an x-ray of the the water. And because people are pinching pennies so much, a lot of these investigations for missing people, etc., they go unsolved and that happens and they have to, there's budget and everything else. So this guy took it, has taken it upon himself as almost a hobby to go up and down rivers, lakes, wherever. And, and specifically, he'll try to find something in, whatever it is, maybe a story that hits that strikes him or he'll travel for it. And he actually found it was a similar situation. It was a car, uh, a group of people who had gone missing in the 70s and he found their car. It was like a very similar situation to this. But how nice for the family, like shitty that it happened. How nice for the family, though, to get a little closure with stuff like this. Well, and this is why I find it such a fascinating story. The guy was 36 when he went missing back in 1983. This car went into the lake. They found human remains inside. They tested the remains. They found out, oh, look at that cold case. One we've been working on all these years. But it is kind of, I know it's morbid and sad because this person is dead. But isn't it kind of comforting to know that if you're missing somebody, if someone has just disappeared, they may still be out there. Like, it might take 40 years, but you might still get the answer that you're looking for. It doesn't have to be completely hopeless. Now, in this case, it ended up the way the family had assumed years ago it ended up that the person was dead. But. It's nice to have hope. Mm-hmm. It's nice to know that you yeah. never know what's going to happen. These, the family of this person who went missing had no idea that May the 17th, 2023, they would get closure on something that happened over 40 years That's ago. That's a phone call they probably never figured they'd get, ever. Uh, by the way, are we looking at that intersection area, whatever that has happening here? Because if two, not one, but two cars went down in that similar spot, are we looking at that? I would hope so. Like, I know in some cases things are done on purpose, but it seems like that's not the case here. Uber has announced a major change, and some people are upset about it. Teenagers will soon be able to create their own account. Currently, you have to be 18 to have an Uber account or even to use someone else's account if it's to hail a ride for an unaccompanied minor. But starting this summer, teenagers ages 13 to 17 will be able to make their own account and use it. 
Okay. Some people are upset saying they're they're taking advantage of teenagers and they're going to they're going to rip drivers off and all this shit. Like I've heard every objection under the sun. I'll, I'll tell you the way it is, particularly with young people and with parents. Parents are very busy, and sometimes it's very convenient to Uber your kid to where they're going or your kid's over at a friend's house on a Friday night. You've had a few drinks in the backyard. Is it a good idea to drive? No. Send an Uber for them. Kids use Uber a decent amount. Well, The fact that they can have their own account, start building their own reviews, if the payment method is going to be up to the parents. I mean, maybe the kid's got money. Maybe the kid's got a prepaid visa or something like that from a birthday. Or maybe it's the parent's card that goes on it. Either way, I don't think it's a bad idea for kids to start using it. But the, the thing, teenagers have used taxis for years. Right. So why are we freaking out? Some people just like to complain. The corruption of children. Like there's people who take cabs to, you know, school or work after school, right? Like, I mean, I, I, rem- I think that I, at one point I did that. <laughs> like as a young, like as like a 16, 17 year old and I had to work after school and I, it wasn't my day for the car. Either took a city bus or a cab. Oh, I'm going to be late. You know, like we, that happens anyway. But is it the Uber thing? People are a little more afraid of that. I don't know what it is, but uh, okay. I, I don't see a huge problem with it. And oh. as the parent, you of course should know where your kid is. Maybe mm-hmm. it's parents worried that the kid's going to just like jump in an Uber and never be seen again. Like, I'm not sure what the, I'm not sure what the issue is here, but as long as we're parenting, like we should be parenting, there shouldn't be an issue. Yeah. All the safety features are still there. It's all very trackable and traceable. Yeah. Uh, it, it's probably better than having to give your kid your Uber login or try and figure out where they are and send a ride for them. I think this makes a lot of sense on a lot of levels. And we all know that when you're calling an Uber, the best thing is to have the phone right there, not necessarily using someone else else's account. Mm-hmm. You can see when it's going to arrive. You can see what car you're looking for, who the driver is, and more. I think this is good. Last but certainly not least, Google has released a Google Trends report, and this one has to do with wedding season. They say the top trending wedding gift that we're Googling right now is a Dutch oven. Oh, what? Really? Do people give that gift? as a wedding gift? How big is how big is one? How big is that? Like yay big cook a roast in it. You can cook all sorts of stuff in I mean, it. It's great I, for ribs. Okay. Do, do people want things though? Like physical things? I feel like everyone just wants cash. This That's is the, the truth. Thing. Like just give someone cash. Why are we lugging big heavy items or even like awkward boxes to a wedding? I'm not. I'm telling you right now. I'm giving you cash every time. I'm not lugging shit to your wedding. I've got enough stuff to do. I got to make sure everything's in my purse I need. I, I'm just bringing you cash. I'm not getting you stuff. Here's it's why, not happening. Here, Couples would prefer money. I think a hundred times out of a hundred, they want money. People prefer gifts because it costs less. With mm. a gift, you hey. You could have done it on sale or something like that. If I give them cash, I got to yeah. give them at least 200 bucks. Uh, they said they wanted a Dutch oven and that's like 40 bucks at Canadian Tire. So I'll just get the Dutch oven. Jeez. Or when it's a gift, you can put it on credit as opposed to having to have actual cash. Uh. Oh, yeah, maybe. People do that. Yeah, maybe. I I think there's a lot of reasons that people prefer gifts. The top wedding dress searches have been for green wedding dresses. Hmm. I've never seen that, though. I've never seen one person in a green wedding wedding dress in my life. Never once, right? Not in my life. I've seen pink, by the way. I've seen pink. I've seen off-white cream, yellow even. Uh, Maybe, maybe red. Hmm. Never seen green. Well, they've been saying for years the white wedding dress is on its way out. Maybe, That's fine. Maybe, oh, wear what you want to wear. I'm just, why green? I, I'm curious. Maybe this is the year. Yeah. Uh, wedding vows that people are Googling are crude wedding vows. The number one search. Like, like, like dirty jokes. Straight up. Funny crude? lines, that sort of stuff. 
in, in your wedding I mean whatever in my wedding vow I talked about going to the bar and getting drinks so like whatever to each their own I suppose they also searched for traditional Christian vows and Star Wars vows as part of the top five uh, that, that would go along with the Star Wars theme right or are we just not even doing a theme we're just doing that because we like Star Wars that's why Another question that came up many times, enough to make the Google Trends list, about getting married is, how long do you have to change your name? <laughs> do people not know the answer to that? I get, obviously, they don't. Maybe there's people listening right now that don't understand that. You don't have to change your name. Not at all. You could change it any time. Do you legally have to? Nope. You can assume the name if you want to. There's no expiry. I could literally walk into an, uh, a licensing place today and change it. Then change it back again. Mm -hmm. You can do it anytime. Just bring your marriage certificate. And when you're ready to do it, you do it. In 49 of the 50 U.S. states, bachelorette party was far more popular than bachelor party in Google searches. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that because women tend to plan a little more? Yeah. Or is it because bachelor parties have been watered down to just nothing but a pain in the ass? <laughs> Did they ever not? Were they ever not a pain in the ass? Bachelor parties used to be legit. It was a good party. It was, hey, get all the guys together. We're going out drinking. Maybe sometimes they'd end up at the strippers, whatever. The bachelorette used to be the tame one. Now the bachelorette has Crazy. taken on a whole persona yeah. of its own. People are wearing dildos around their neck and eating cake shaped like a cock. And guys are sitting around <laughs> playing cards. How did this switch so much? You're not wrong, though, actually, when I think about it. It used to be the complete it's, opposite. Yeah, usually, like, hey, what are you doing for The Bachelor? Poker night. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing for The Bachelorette? Fucking get lit. We're going to Nashville. <laughs> and they're usually not a one-nighter. They're like an overnight. You know what I mean? It's not just like you go home after. For for a lot of the ones that I've been to anyway, they've been overnight stays and hotels and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And the, at the Bachelor party? If you, somebody but we are good planners, though. I'm glad you mentioned that because I think a lot of it does have to do with that. We plan it. We plan ahead. I guarantee you if you looked up last minute bachelor <laughs> bachelor ideas, bachelor party ideas, that would be high on the list. They're just so boring now. If Are you're going to get married, please don't invite me to be your bachelor party unless you're going to have a good party. If it's going to be a party, sure I'll come. If you want to invite me over to, I don't know, sit at a fucking banquet hall and play cards and have the hostesses come and sell me a hug with a whole bunch of raffle tickets on it, I have no interest in going to that. If you want to mm. go out and fucking party, I'm and your guy. And you're talking. If you want to go out and have a bachelorette-style party, I'm your Maybe guy. Maybe that's what Let's you need. Let's do it like the girls no, do. that's what you need, is you just need invites to the bachelorette parties. Invite me. Maybe that's Oh, my God, ladies. <laughs> do it. I'll have that's, so much fun. I'll be your wingman. That, I'll, I'll be so good. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for an invite to our parties. I will behave myself. <laughs> I will carry purses. I'll do whatever the fuck I've got to do. You invite me to your bachelorette, and I'll have way more fun than your bachelor party. Oh, that's great. Have a good one, everybody. We're uh, we're heading north, and tomorrow we will be live from Deerhurst. We'll have a brand new After 9 on Tuesday because it's a long weekend. Bye, friends.